This is The Culture. Hello and welcome back to the Cinema Wave podcast. We are talking about Ahsoka. This is the penultimate episode of the biggest Star Wars show happening right now. The episode is called Dreams and Madness. There's a lot to talk about. If you guys are behind, catch up because there's a lot we got to talk about. Thrawn is here. Ezra's here. Lots to talk about. I am one of your hosts for this episode. I am Darian Scalamoni. I am joined by the host of the Star Wars Mark of Balance podcast. As always, Mark Yacobino. What's going on? How's it going, man? Hey, everyone. Happy to be back. We are patiently waiting to see what is going to come of this series. We talked last week about basically what is this going to lead to, right? Mm-hmm. And we start to see some implementation of some legacy characters, some by name, some by appearance. Yeah. So I'm excited to talk about your overall thoughts of this. But just give me your broad thoughts because you did post some things on social for the people <laughs> who might not follow you. I'm curious if you want to just give a broad statement on the episode. Sure, yeah. So I, I think, unfortunately, this episode fell back into some of the issues that have plagued other Star Wars shows in the past. I think it, instead of taking its time with the writing and pacing, I think it fell into the rushed tone that we've seen in other shows i feel like a lot of character moments were kind of skipped over in favor of action or getting to the next plot point but maybe not connecting those dots very well so i am wearing my obi-wan t-shirt to represent my (laughs) displeasure with the writing (laughs) in this episode um i did buy this shirt before seeing obi-wan but i was caught up in the hype you know exactly happens um but yeah i think overall this was just disappointing for where it's happening in the season i think at this point the momentum had been building so much especially with the last three episodes that you expected it to only keep going higher and the fact that this episode for me felt like a step back is really disappointing and you know there's a lot to cover now in the finale that i think this episode didn't do as good of a job as it should have to set up i don't know what it is about disney not being able to work on constantly having a crescendo with their big event series. I think Marvel has this issue too, but Star Wars in particular, not every show, but a lot of the series, they reach kind of this, either the final two episodes or the finale in general, and things just start to like stagnate in a very strange way. And last week's episode, I thought built off of Ahsoka's like individualized episode, episode five really well. And this was one though. I still did have fun with it. I do agree hundred percent with what you were saying in terms of you were expecting to see more happen and you have interactions with all the characters throughout this episode, which makes it feel even more hollow in a weird way. Mm-hmm. You just thought that you were going to see more and get more information based on where we're currently at in this series and the galaxy kind of going forward. Yeah. I feel like all the other episodes introduced so much. And I think this episode, instead of, you know, bringing new things to the table, I think it was very much okay with just, kind of getting through the episode like oh we need to get the crew back together okay we're just gonna put together a conflict that i don't think makes a lot of sense along the way between you know ahsoka fighting balin randomly and then them fighting all those troopers or all those uh marauders and those marauders really had no business to chase them down other than them telling us that oh balin and shin obviously convinced them off screen last episode so i just felt like there was a lot of weird hollow feeling moments in this episode and i think that ultimately just came down to the writing not living up to the standard that it had set for itself i think yeah i think that it's hard when the moments don't feel earned right and i think i don't know if in terms of the writing you're talking about the actual script as a whole or the narrative structure because i think that the in terms of the script and the character motivations for the most part i 
I understood. But in terms of the structure and how everyone got to where they were at, that was where I kind of had a disconnect. I know that yeah. basically let's, let's let's do a rundown of the episode, sure, right? Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. open up on uh, General Sindola being in the middle of a Senate trial. I got beef with this. I know, so <laughs> Senator Giono, who yeah. we talked about early on when he was first introduced, and mm-hmm. I was like, is he a known character? And you're like, no. Yeah. And this actor is so hammy, and I just I don't like the performance. I don't like the character as a whole. Um, but he has so many gripes with basically the whole mission that Cindela goes on. Uh, and we have an introduction. Well, a, not an introduction, but we have C three PO show yeah. up in this scene, which I C three have C three PO is one of my favorite Star Wars characters mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. So just hearing him, I was like, oh my god, this is so exciting. But to kind of break up that scene and the kind of the cringiness of his character, I thought was a weird plot device that they kind of shoehorned in. Yeah. It felt like the scene only had one goal and that was just to get Hera off and for her to once again, tell Mon Mothma that Thrawn is coming and it's a real threat. But yeah, I think I don't blame the actor here. I think what he was given was really not great from a character perspective. He felt more like a talking head than an actual living, breathing character where he threw logic out the window. Like, my least favorite line from what he says is he talks about how her report felt like children's stories. Like you talk about space whales, you talk about dark Jedi, you talk about Jedi, you talk about star maps, you talk about distant, distant galaxies. It's like all of those things have happened. Like there's documented evidence that all of those things are real and are happening. Yes. Like Hera's entire fleet saw the Purgle jump to hyperspace. They saw this entire space ring jump to another galaxy. We're in Star Wars. Star War- Star maps are real. Like, that's not a crazy thing. And then the Dark Jedi, we have video evidence of them breaking into a New Republic ship. So it's like all the things he's like, oh, but I think all of that was just written there to make it seem like he had some type of argument to stand on. But I don't think he did. And unfortunately, the actor kind of just had to work with that. But I think there were so many other cool ways they could have interacted with him and Hera and maybe saying like, oh, well, while you were off in another area, your fleet was without their general. And because of that, the Imperial Remnant or like a group of marauders was able to hurt New Republic citizens. And then there would be like some conflict there and he would not sound like an idiot. Like no, he would have some a base. finger. Yeah, he would just have yeah. like a basis to go off of here. And I think earlier in the season, he had that because it was a wild goose chase. It was like, you're talking about Thrawn. Like all you have is a bunch of like Imperial sympathizers. Like that's nothing. But at this point... There's something going on. <laughs> like, I thought the interesting thing, too, in terms of the writing was how crazy it is when you start to see the conversation Sabine and Ezra have, which is like the exact opposite of what's happening to where he's she's like, oh, well, this happened, this happened and this happened. She's talking about the emperor being defeated. And it's like if, if people are aware of this, then how is he so unaware as a character, especially someone who is in the Galactic Senate? Like it just doesn't make any sense kind of playing off of what you were just saying. Like there's documented evidence everywhere and people are aware of what came before yeah. So I I didn't I didn't love that whole interaction. What did you think of the name drop of Leia? Because that was interesting to me too. We start to again get these. We we talked last on last week's episode about how it's going to be hard because or maybe we might have talked about this off camera, but it's going to be hard to start to kind of sprinkle in these things now that are attached to the sequel trilogy. Yeah. This yeah. is something where we start to get a little bit of an at least we hear Leia's name being mentioned and her role in the Senate. So Mm -hmm. what did you think of that and the impact of that? Or did it kind of fall flat for you? Yeah. So we do have the name drop, I think in the episode that they're looking for Ahsoka and Sabine, I think when Hera first gets there, they say Senator Organa is 
like wondering what your fleet's doing out here. So we did get that like much more subtle name drop. And then in this episode, we get the full, the full Leia Organa name drop, which I think overall I liked. I think unfortunately it comes in a scene that I didn't like very much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, whenever I talk about Leia during the New Republic, I always point to the book Bloodlines. It follows her in the New Republic and her kind of navigating this space where the new republic is still figuring out what it is and there's different factions in the new republic politically that are missing the empire they miss that centralized government and then there's people that kind of want to split the government into all the different planets instead of having a senate and i think that's such a cool way to look at this time period and i think the book just does such a great job of that and i don't think they've implemented that very well into the series like this one and mando i know mando they started to kind of build it with that doctor episode like there here's the new republic here's how incompetent they are at running and i just think they haven't translated that very well so um i did like seeing leia but i think in the grand scheme of the scene it was just kind of like okay that's nice yeah i, I think it's so interesting I'm, I'm glad you brought up that episode of mando too because yeah this is not a mandalorian podcast but that was such a great episode of like standalone television in star wars like it felt like how sometimes you have those episodes in big television series where they're like asides, like just episodes focusing on one character or a different kind of mm -hmm. storyline. I I can't understand why, again, Ahsoka's episode five is similar to that. It's not to that level, but I'm curious why, we, like why don't for this episode, even if we don't expand or extend the conversation and crescendo this series, like why not do a whole episode on Thrawn? Like sure, yeah. that could have been something that I thought narratively would have been much more interesting even going into the finale. And then maybe you make a longer finale, have some of the aspects of this episode and kind of put it in the finale. Yeah. Um, I, do you, what are your thoughts on, on kind of maybe focusing on some of the, in, like even Ezra, I mean, there's a lot of characters yeah. I feel like you could do that with where you kind of go back in time for a little bit and then we go back. Do you think that, that would work this late in the series or no, I, th I think that's a really great point. I think it would have been really interesting to see an episode of maybe just Sabine and Ezra kind of just rekindling their friendship and just catching up. I mean, it's been 10 years since they've seen each other. We know that Sabine has literally been looking at this hologram of this guy for 10 years and she is so antisocial because she feel like she let him down and she's not able to save him. And now she's here and the only thing she can say to him is it's complicated. Two I, episodes in I a think row. That, I think that I'm disappointed with the chemistry of of the characters and or maybe the actors i don't know i think I, it does come down to the script i really do think this episode feels like you said with the story structure it just feels rushed like those moments earlier in the show where we had moments to kind of breathe with sabine kind of looking off and ahsoka kind of being with her thoughts like i feel like this episode was just so worried about getting to the next plot point that we didn't have that nice scene between ezra and sabine they kind of they had one but it was more on the quippy like sarcasm slide it's like oh ahsoka trained you that's interesting and she's like oh what is that supposed to mean and it's like i get it like their friendship is coming back alive they were always kind of butting heads like that but it would have been nice to kind of go a little deeper there and hear like why did ahsoka come back to train you why what have you been doing on yeah. this planet <laughs> i think that i think that the way i felt early on in the series it's between the two let's say ahsoka tano and sabine wren they've gone like this. Like mm. I thought that Rosario's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought that I'm really appreciating Rosario's portrayal of Ahsoka as the episodes go on. And we're starting to get more, even in those mo if we don't get as many moments with her in the character, it's things that where she's growing with the character and you can see her kind of forming into the live action version of this character. Sabine, I thought started really strong and 
is just starting to tail off and she's starting sure. to make the, uh, the characters making decisions that either I'm not completely on board with or again it might be something with the writing where we're not getting this fulfilling feeling of like you said I'm somebody who hasn't watched Rebels right mm-hmm. and I feel that there's a gap in terms of the chemistry even though she hasn't seen this character and what you're saying is 10 years like that's I th- yeah I think it's 10 years but yeah like I mean like you're saying like Ezra and Sabine for Rebels fans like we're chomping at the bit to hear this type of conversation like we've been waiting for this reunion and while the reunion scene was done very well like until now we still haven't gotten anything further than just that initial reunion and it i'm very skeptical that they'll be able to put something in this finale while also paying off all the other things that are set up like, yeah that, the, i just if, think that's going to be hard to if do. there's an episode that feels as hollow as this and it's the penultimate one and now there's even more heavy lifting to do in the finale, right. which makes me curious if maybe they do another season now. But yeah. I don't know if they had to necessarily. There is a relationship, though, in this episode that I I think you start to see build even more. And again, I didn't watch Clone Wars either, unfortunately, yet. But Anakin and Ahsoka, even in the in the few moments they have in this show, mm. it's so great. And I don't know if that hologram is something that you see in Clone Wars or not. Um, but I love that scene where he's kind of talking her through training and the things that she has to do because he's like, I'm not always going to be here for you. And then she yeah. tells who Yang that he's left some of these recordings. I think um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it's almost mirroring the episode in Tales of the Jedi, which I think you saw yes, where he trains her to protect herself uh-huh. essentially. And then she has that whole training montage with the clones and that eventually saves her during order 66. I feel like, the wording that he was using kind of sounded it's similar. similar. Yeah. So I think it's it was a, an homage to that and now just in live action. And it is nice that there's subtext here that we know that she might have left that box somewhere in the ship that she's never opened for a very long time because mm-hmm. she had this, you know, deep seated guilt around her master. And it's just like a nice thing where you don't need to have dialogue to say her bringing out the box, opening it, plugging in the hologram, just like enter the scene with it happening and you can just you can get from it that oh she she has that reconciliation and she's okay with working through this stuff with him again yeah i I think it's cool i feel so much more love and care with the relationship between ahsoka and anakin than i do with sabine and ezra so far and to be fair we only see ezra for a very little amount of time in last week's episode but we get enough of ezra here and again i think playing off of what you were saying it has to be a writing thing right because there's opportunities to have these moments between Ezra and Sabine, and I don't feel the same level of love and care between the two of them. And yeah. it, it, it's not like the relationships are – the relationships are different, of course, in a way, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking Anakin and Ahsoka is a master Padawan relationship. These are two friends mm-hmm. that I've speculated could be more yeah, than that yeah, yeah. eventually or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting to me that th- this is something that I feel like it's like writing on the wall, and it's something that not only – uh, people like you that are diehards that know these characters, in, they're in and out in Rebels, but someone like me who's a casual viewer of these characters already, I'm like waiting and holding on to seeing something else with them. And right. I don't think we're able to get that in this episode. And to play off what you just said, I think it'll be hard to balance that on top of what's going to come in episode eight. I mean, I don't know if there's going to be this giant battle scene. Like, I don't know if we're going to get that in episode I, eight. Yeah, I think the point is that there's not going to be. One. Yeah. Like, that's I, what they try to set up with Thrawn. And yeah. And I did like, and we're jumping a little around a little bit, yeah, but I, I yeah. did like the, uh, I did like his ability to sort of be like steps ahead of everybody. I was going to say like, what, what was your thoughts as another 
you know, a casual fan that hasn't seen Thrawn, like last week was your introduction, but this was, I guess, the full display of what Thrawn's character is. I I love this hot, character. Yeah, okay, yeah I, I love this character because, and I think I talked about this in last week's episode a little bit, but he's just so different than any other character that I have seen in Star Wars, or at least for a very long time. He has this, again, it's it's very methodical and it's very thought out. And he, I love even when he talks about uh, like the Balin of it all. Like he, he so doesn't trust this fucking guy. And yeah. I think it's, it's really great to see a villainous character kind of questioning another character that obviously has bad intentions. Like Balin still has obvious bad intentions, but he's like, I don't know if he's going to fit in my scheme. I don't yeah. know if this is the guy that I want to kind of jump on board with me to kind of take on the world yeah. and the galaxy. And I, I really appreciated even the uh, interaction he has with Morgan at the end of the episode. And she's like, but why would you do it this way? And he's like, this is what we want. Yeah, don't worry. This exactly. is, they're doing exactly what I want them to do. And you'll see. Mm -hmm. And I love that he is smart enough. And there's, it's not something that is, has to be on the screen that is so bombastic and so big and so visual. It's just like, no, this dude is scary as fuck. Like mm -hmm. this guy is terrifying me right now just by the, he's so calm. Yeah. Like he's, he's losing at the end of this episode. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, the shin of it all is going to be very interesting because we have that moment post that fight scene, which I wasn't a huge fan of that fight scene. I just, I just don't understand why she landed over there. She saw, we're talking about Ahsoka, right? Yes. Like she saw Ezra and and uh, Sabine surrounded and they have a ship that could just land right there, but she just got like dropped off in the middle of nowhere. And then I just feel like it was weirdly framed. That, that was, and that was rushed. That whole sequence of her basically battling Balin. Yeah. Which I think again, action wise and choreography Fine. wise, yeah. love the scene. Fine. <laughs> but in terms of like the stakes, how the emotionality that comes with it because it kind of comes out of nowhere and then Hu Yang flying in and she's gone and I'm not kidding you. I had to rewind the episode <laughs> because I was like, wait, did I miss, did I miss something? Yeah. Something. And now she's just here. Yeah. So I thought the pacing of the episode was something that it's been one of the worst paced episodes yeah. of the series so far. And when you're on your second to last episode of the season, that's disappointing. That. Yeah, yeah. It just felt like convenience for convenience. Sake. Like what? I don't even know if it's convenience, but it's like, why, why would she go there just to get on his dog to go back to where the ship could have dropped her off in the first place? It's just like, it was written just so that they could have a rematch. And so Ahsoka could show that she is grown a bit since their last fight. She's like, I don't have to win. Last I am fight, curious trying to win. I am curious now though, because we don't get a conclusive we see that second battle between her and Balin. And I guess, yeah, Balin wins the first battle. Ahsoka, I guess, wins the second battle. So there's going to be a third because as of now, both characters are alive. Uh, yeah, Do you know. think so? Because <laughs> we talked about last episode. I thought I thought he was going to live by the end of the episode. Unfortunately, as we know, Ray Stevenson has passed away. But I think the character will live throughout this season of Ahsoka. Yeah. Do you still feel that? That you think he might pa he might die in the series? Based on what we've seen so far, do you think it's going to be something where Thrawn does something? Or well, now, now I feel like it's going to be Shin because I feel like Shin feels like she was abandoned by him. Because again, in a pacing thing, it feels very abrupt when they separate. He's like, "You're going one direction, I'm going the other direction." Here's some parting wisdom, and then they kind of go off. And it's you know they've always had not much dialogue between them, and that's fine. But again, this just felt like. I get Shin started to have her doubts about what her master was doing on this planet. But again, just here, 
they're chasing Ezra and Sabine, and at this moment, he's just like, where it's time we go our separate ways. And I was just like, that's really weird. And I do think that Shin might have been abandoned before, and Shin and uh, Balin was her, you know, light in the darkness, and that's Mm -hmm. who she clinged on to, and then he became this master, and even maybe like a father figure to her, and then he abandoned her, and now he's stranded in the middle of this planet. She's stranded in the middle of this planet. I think there's a a conflict between them as, you know, the uh, dark Jedi on two different paths. Like, of course they were kind of butt heads. So I think that is my most anticipated part of the next episode, at least prediction wise is I really want to see a conflict between Balin and Shin just hashing out what her backstory is and feeling that abandonment. And I think that, you know, I think that would have a lot of emotion if they clash. I agree. I think that's interesting. I haven't thought about that. I, I actually liked the parallels between uh, when Shin is outnumbered by Ezra, Sabine, and Ahsoka, and Ahsoka kind of offers her hand that she can help because I like the parallel of that with Balin and Sabine. That was something that I did appreciate from this episode. Mm. The thing that I thought of, though, is I think Shin's going to go out on her own, and I think Balin is going to try to go back to try to... Like, again, he still feels this allegiance to Morgan now, I still feel, in a weird way, especially now that he's not with Shin. Because okay. he's like, I'm going to try to build this new jedi order with yeah, you and then yeah. again they just kind of separate which unfortunately is very star warsy like it, yeah. <laughs> it feels like it's something that they just dropped the ball on sure. uh i do think that a clash can happen but i think what's going to wind up happening is we'll see her character in the future in mm-hmm. in whether it's feloni's movie whether it's in another season of this show another series in general yeah and now i'm starting to lean that i can start to maybe see the end of his character maybe in an interaction with thrawn Sure. But the thing that sucks about that is now I don't feel like it's going to be as earned. And I think that's what sucks about this episode is there's a lot of things that are up in the air and you're waiting for them to drop. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like I was alluding to in the earlier part of this episode, you're waiting for all these balls to drop at the exact same time. And then it feels rushed and it feels like it's just so much in your face and it feels like that's the poor writing right mm-hmm. there's just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks yeah and that's what i don't want to see happen with this eighth episode this final sure. episode of this season of ahsoka because yeah. i think for the most part though i start i think it started a little slow i really loved the middle of this mm-hmm. season and yeah. this is an episode where i felt they took a step back yeah it was definitely like style over substance i think like they had a lot of action in this episode it was flashy Thrawn had his good moments, but yeah, I think in the end, it just, like you said, it kind of felt hollow, and uh, yeah, I I just don't see Thrawn worrying about Balin at this point, because it feels like Thrawn is so hell-bent on leaving, and he's already has his plan, like, we just need to finish boarding all this cargo, and we're out of here, and all we need is time, so I don't know how Balin would kind of get back into that. I know you said he might go back to Morgan, but mm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like we we had such a very cool intrigue around Balin's character. Like, what is he looking for on this planet? And I really want that to pay off. Like, I really do. I hope it isn't just for naught. Yeah. Like, I really want to see, even if it is nothing, like, I hope it... We get that, that question built, answered. Yeah. yeah, at least it's built up to, oh, I thought it was this and it was really this. But I hope it's just like, I don't want it to be nothing. <laughs> With no real context of who Thrawn is or what his past is, I think he's going to try to make an example out of Balin. I would love that. I think instead I of <laughs> I think instead of trying to like where, where Morgan thinks he's going to make an example out of Sabine or Ahsoka or Ezra, mm-hmm. I think he's going to make an example out of Balin, and that could be left for a trail for any 
of those three characters or well probably not Ezra because he doesn't have a relationship really with Balin but Sabine yeah. and Ahsoka now do or it could be something for Shin where yeah. I think that could be something where Shin is like holy shit what's happening yeah. so I'm interested in that there's one other thing I wanted to touch on before we wrap up mm-hmm. the uh, I talked about a little bit before that casual conversation between Ezra and Sabine when they do talk about what has happened in the galaxy okay. that to me felt really off and that felt like really poor writing and it was just like he's like so what's been going on just like an exposition just and like- she's like yeah you know the emperor's dead there's a lot of things going on and i was like whoa feloni dude yeah. <laughs> that is so not you yeah. so i was curious on like that to me was probably the most jarring thing of the series so far because i was just like you're really going to start to lay these breadcrumbs of what has been happening because again we're trying to build this modern star Wars universe while still paying tribute to what came before it setting the uh, trail for what's to come later. And there has to be a better way to get this information out there to some of these essential characters in star Wars now. Yeah. So what did you think about? Cause to me, it just felt stale. It just yeah. felt like very like blah. I think I can understand why that would happen in that scene. Like, because she doesn't want to get into how she got there, he might ask, like, so, like, what happened in the galaxy then? And I get, like, she could do that, but like you said, it does feel like you could do it in a smarter way. And this conversation just, I feel like there just should have been a more close-knit conversation. Like, they have this big hug, and it seemed like nighttime last time, but then in this episode, it's, like, daytime, so I don't know if it was, like, dawn, or I don't know. It was, like, visually, it was Might have been sleeping together like you know maybe we get like a nice fireside conversation between them but it seemed like you know it was like nighttime but maybe it was like morning and i i don't know semantics but i think visually you have to respect the audience and be like you know we're laying this out we constructed this to make sense uh chronologically yes so i thought that felt weird and then yeah like you said it just they didn't get into anything that deep. It was just surface level. It was just talking about Star Wars to Star Wars fans. Like, yeah. we know this stuff. Like, thanks. Exactly. Like, I understand. And there was no added context to it. It's like, maybe he's more surprised that, like, Palpatine's dead. Like, he fa- he came face to face with Palpatine at one point. Like, I feel like he would have more of a reaction to yeah, that. Like, like, wow, beat, you guys did. Beat, I, was, you know? <laughs> I think that's a great point. I think it beats beats Star Wars over the head for Star Wars fans. And it's yeah. like, we don't need... That's not the way you need to explain that. Yeah. Because we already know that. And if she's going to explain it to Ezra, it didn't... Again, even the conversation just felt forced. Like, the way that it happened, it didn't seem like they were people that have had a great relationship yeah, for years like, and why years. why didn't he say, like, so, like, how's Lothal? And she's like, oh, it's been good. It's really thriving, but, you know... It's been different without you. Like, even that. It's just like, it, okay, good. Now we're in the same place. And then Ezra can And you're like, establishing the relationship between the two exactly, of them. Exactly. And Ezra can look at her and be like, missed you too, Sabine. And I would be like, all right, good. And then you can be like, but like, okay, so like what happened after? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's like, okay, the Empire Fall. Like, cool. But I just, yeah, it just felt like, why are we giving exposition to like the most important events in Star Wars? Like, yeah, no, I know. totally agree. <laughs> uh, I, so, oh yeah, overall, this episode was, it was disappointing to me as well. I didn't. I didn't completely hate this episode. There were redeeming qualities to it. There were aspects of it that I did enjoy. But as a whole, in terms of the giant overall story of what we're getting with all these characters, Ahsoka, Sabine, Ezra, there was more left to be desired for me. And I'm sure you feel similar. So if you want to just give your closing thoughts, I'm, I'm curious. It's just the placement of the episode, kind of like in season three of Mando when they have that side quest to find out what happened to the droids in the middle of like 
the most important meet of the season where they're like almost at Mandalore and then they're like, oh, we need you to go here yeah. next and they go there. It's just like that episode's fine, but it has to be in the beginning of the season. It yeah. can't be at this point when we're building momentum. And I know people will say like, oh, but a lot happens in this episode. And I think it just felt like action for action's sake. And you can say, oh, it's fun. It's good. And I, I just think at this point in the season, you can't just have that. It needs to be deeper than what we see on the surface. And next week i mean you could have your predictions but this kind of leaves a sour taste in my mouth like i don't know what they're going to do with this last week is you know ultimately thrawn has to win right like he has to his plan has to come to fruition like he bought time he kept them away from his ship he has to leave right because if we have the heroes win here i just feel like it'll like all that dread and excitement and uh all this darkness that was building will just kind of lay flat and it'll be unfortunate if that happens. I was going to say, I think my question for you too, really quick is would you be satisfied if the series ends on Thrawn sort of leaving where he is now and heading to the galaxy? Yeah. Like back if, in the galaxy. Yeah. If, if the, if the plan is that Thrawn leaves, obviously they can't jump to hyperspace with their ship obviously the distance that they're they need to yeah. get back i think the purgle are honestly like yo fuck you guys like <laughs> like you drove us into a minefield yeah, yeah and you guys have been asking way too much like we're we're not helping you anymore we're gonna so, distance ourselves yeah. so i think there is a world where the season ends with the heroes trapped in this galaxy and thrawn entering the galaxy and then whether this is the last season of this show and we go right into feloni's movie at one point and the beginning of feloni's movie is them both getting out of that galaxy and then coming back and kind of assessing what is going on, like what havoc has, yeah. Thrawn, has Thrawn started to rain on the galaxy. Uh, because, yeah, there's no way they can just like hitch a ride with Thrawn. Like that's not yeah, happening. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we can start to see maybe some of these other characters like like uh, Din and we can start to see some of these other characters sort of come together to somewhat do it. Like, again, some of them come together for a rescue mission for them. Yeah. Some of them are still dealing with what is happening on in their galaxy with Thrawn being there. Mm -hmm. So, see, I hit Mando. He's <laughs> he's listening. Um, but that's that's. I think that's where I would like to see it end. If if and I think it's good to not have it always be such a happy ending. Yeah, with Star Wars, especially because this is hopefully going to lead to something else. That's what they're alluding to. Yeah, I would say Dave is very good at bittersweet like endings. Like they're not. They're not always the most like happy go lucky, but they're also there was a sacrifice there. So I think he could definitely lean into that. Um, and yeah, I, I am very curious how he's going to fill out next week with what he's going to do. Like, is it going to be, you know, Ahsoka, Sabine and Ezra finally having that deep conversation that I was hoping for this week? Shin Balin fighting it out, Thrawn and Morgan I mean, they're they're just loading cargo at this point. Yeah, yeah. So what's going on? Like, are they going to have to keep them away? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Give me 50 minutes to an hour and I'm going to be happy with the finale. I don't know if they're going to go that route. I hope they do. Yeah. But I think you want to you want to satisfy the audience, especially coming off of this episode that I think we were both a little disappointed by. Yeah, I think this I think this season should have been nine episodes. I think this episode should have been split into two given more time to breathe yes for all of the events going we've on talked right about now. this too it doesn't need to be even episode counts exactly. all the time disney Give me nine there's nine star wars, mainline star wars saga movies there Let's you do go that. not saying the last three are great but <laughs> there's nine so exactly it would work out well so yeah unfortunate that we had to do an episode like this we were on such a good run yeah it's true gotta bring the critiques when they're, when it's, they're warranted it's true we gotta we gotta speak to all you guys honestly and if you guys don't already please make sure you guys subscribe to this channel give us a like and comment it really helps the channel out um and make sure you guys are 
following us if you don't already at Cinema Wave Media as well as at underscore Culture Wave Media. And make sure you guys give a follow as well to Mark if you want to just plug your socials really quick. Sure, yeah. At star underscore awards underscore marker balance. I'm only on Instagram. I only have time to dedicate that much of my life to social media. So <laughs> I'm only on Instagram. <laughs> Find that's, me there. That's awesome, man. Well, just signing off. I am Darian Scalamoni. I'm Mark Alcavino. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you guys next time.